Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good morning and welcome again. You've been welcomed a couple times, but welcome to Canton Church today. It is the tail end of spring break Sunday. So if you're a student in the room, you're kind of depressed because tomorrow you go back to school. If you're a teacher in the room, you're a whole lot more depressed because you got to go back to school. And if you're a parent, you just got to think through like going to the grocery store and laundry and all that. But here's the good news for all of you that are in the room that didn't go away for spring break and you're here right now. You're not sitting in the worst traffic in the world on your way back from the beach right now. We've all been there. We've all done it. We've said, like, let's take the full week and drive back on Sunday afternoon to take full advantage of every day possible. And it's awful. Like, let's just be honest. Like, Interstate 75 or wherever you're coming from, most people are at some point hit 75. It's terrible from, like, Tifton all the way home pretty much. And so you're not in that. You don't have to get back today and then clean laundry because you have zero clean clothes in the house and go to the grocery store. And like, you know what people are going through right now. They're making their like pickup list and they're thinking they should have thought ahead and done like a Walmart pickup and they can't do that on the way home, right? Like you've been there, but you're not there today. And so you get to relax a little this afternoon. Weather's going to be beautiful. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you take a nap like I talked about. Maybe watch the Braves game because they're doing pretty good, except they got all their catchers hurt last night. I was a little upset about it still. Um, But you're here. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to be able to speak today. Pastor Jeremy and his family are one of those people that are having fun in the traffic this morning, so just be in prayer for them. But I'm glad that they were able to get away for a few days. They slipped away midweek, went to the beach. If you follow them on social media, you've seen all the fun that they've been having this week. But I'm so thankful that our pastor invests time in his family and invests time in his marriage to just get away as a family, to have some fun with his kids and with his wife and to create memories as a family. And I'm thankful that when he did go away that he gave me the opportunity to speak today. I don't take it lightly that he allows me to stand on this stage and present the gospel in his place. And so I'm honored to be able to do just that today. And I'm excited that I get to kick off a brand new series. I don't always get the chance to kick off a series, and so I get that chance today. And so if it's bad today, that's just like he's got to fix it next week. So be back next week to hear him make this series better than I can do it today. But today we're starting a series called For the Love of Can. And I'm excited about this series. If you were here last week, you kind of heard us talk when we were talking about connecting people to people in our mission of Because Generations Matter. If you didn't see the big stickers on the wall, it looks awesome in the lobby. Check that out. We got those put up this week to just talk about who we are as a church. But we talked about that last week, and so what we talked about last week is going to kind of carry over, and you're going to hear a little bit of it again today as we talk about kind of our heart as a church for Canton and for our city. And so I'm excited to do just that today. You know, if you look at the Bible, and most of us have at least seen a Bible probably in our lives. If you've never seen a Bible or if you don't own a Bible, we give Bibles away every Sunday at the Information Center. Stop by, pick one up today so that you can have a Bible. Um, But the Bible is a book that is full of a lot of smaller books inside of it. And so from Genesis 
through Revelation. It's this, it's this story that has been written by God and has been given to us to be able to read, to know how to live our lives, and to learn from what other people have done. But from Genesis all the way through the end, it's, it's stories of people, and it's stories of people groups, and of nations, and of situations, and of battles, and of, and of victories, and of high moments, and of low moments, and sad moments, and happy moments. And there's some unbelievably cool stories that are in scriptures. And so, but from Genesis all the way till the end, a lot of the stories are, are dealing with brokenness. There's a lot of brokenness in the Bible. There's, there's death in the Bible, and there's sadness, and there's loss, and there's, there's hurts, and there's, there's wrongdoings. And a lot of the things that you and I deal with on day in and day out basis, a lot of what we've experienced in our lives, people in the Bible experience very similar hurts and losses. And problems, and so the scripture is full of this brokenness in these stories and in these lives of these people. And then Revelation comes along, and, and Revelation is the fixing, and it's God of setting up his kingdom in the reconciliation of all of humanity and of the brokenness of this world as God establishes his new heaven and his new earth and his new eternal kingdom. And so Revelation is the part of the Bible that has yet to not take place. We haven't reached that part of the story. It's a prophecy of what is still yet to come. And so for you and I, we are still living in this time period of the start of Genesis with the creation of God creating and forming the world and the universe all the way to Revelations. We're still living in that time period of not yet getting to Revelations. Obviously, we're several thousand years past Jesus living on the earth and the Bible being written, but we're still living in that pre-Revelations time in our lives. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about a little bit of how you and I and our stories can connect into this story that God is writing. You know, when I was in school, one of the, one of the classes that I actually did do well in um, and one of the classes I actually enjoyed was history. I think I enjoyed history because history didn't change, right? Like, I learned history in elementary school, and then more history in middle school, and then more history in high school, but it just built on itself, and it didn't change. Like, math, it was just numbers early, but then they had in letters and all of these other things, and it just got harder and harder. History never really changed. You just learned more of it. So I think I liked history because of the aspect that it didn't change. And so today, I want to talk a little bit about some history things. It's not going to make sense to you at first, but then I'm going to tie it all together at the end, and you'll go, oh, that's why he told us all of those random numbers and stats. The city of Canton, if you didn't know, you're in Canton, Georgia right now. If you didn't know, you may want to find someone and talk to about how you didn't know where you were. But the city of Canton got its name in 1834. And if you disagree with any of the things that I'm saying about the city of Canton today, that's fine. I found all of this thing on Google. Like, it's not going to, don't be mad at me. Be mad at Google. I promise, like, I'll, I'll be okay if my numbers are wrong. But this is what Google told me. The city of Canton got its name in 1834. Gold was found here in 1829, bringing a desire to move to this area up. All of this area and the surrounding region was heavily populated by Native Americans prior to the Trail of Tears. And during the Civil War, much of Canton was destroyed. And then in 1879, a new railroad was built that connected the city of Canton to other larger cities. And that really opened the door 
for growth. And then over the next hundred or so years, you see various different industries moving into Canton, some of them sticking, some of them not. But some of those included, you know, cotton. And, and so you can even see today some of the old mills if you drive down Riverstone and then across the bridge and down along the edge of the Etowah River. Poultry was an industry that came. If you drive by exit 14 on 575, you can smell that that's still around. Um, <laughs> But the city of Canton has continued to thrive and grow over its life. And especially in the last 10 to 15 years, it has seen exponential growth as the city of Canton or city of Atlanta's perimeter of people that are driving to Atlanta to work every day has continued to increase as they've had to build more houses and have more land to do so. And so the city of Canton in the last year or so has been in Cherokee County, which is the fastest growing county in the state of Georgia this past year. And so the city of Canton, since its growth has continued, or since its birth has continued to grow. In 1917, meeting under a tent in Atlanta, a group of 165 people met together for the first time, and then they moved into a little church building to meet. In 1921, that group of people built a small building on 6th Street and became known as the 6th Street Church of God. On September the 8th of 1940, that church moved and changed their name to the street that it would then be on called the Hemp Hill Church of God. And then in 1960, a new pastor by the name of Paul Walker came to Hemp Hill Church of God. And in 1967, they sold that property to Georgia Tech. And then they built a new building on a new road and changed the name of the church to meet the name of that road. And they called themselves Mount Perrin Church of God. In the mid-80s, Mount Perrin Church of God had gotten to where they were averaging about 11,000 people weekly. And so they had to add a new campus. And so they bought a building and renovated that building off of Allgood Road in Marietta. And in 1987 of August of that year, they had a service. And that church would be known as Mount Perrin North Church of God. And then in 1997, 10 years later, Mount Perrin North Church of God became its own autonomous church, no longer a campus of Mount Perrin on Mount Perrin Road. And Dr. Mark Walker was named the senior pastor of Mount Perrin North Church of God. Fast forward several years later, in 2012, Mount Perrin North launched a new campus called Mount Perrin North Canton Campus and named Pastor Jeremy Isaacs as the campus pastor. And then a couple years after that, in 2012, that church moved to this location and changed the name to Canton Church. And then in August of 2017, Canton Church no longer was a campus of Mount Perrin North and was its own autonomous standalone church. And here's why I say all of that. In 1834, a community was named Canton, Georgia, and in 1917, a group of people met under a tent that eventually became Hempill Church of God, that eventually became Mount Perrin Central Church of God, that eventually launched a campus called Mount Perrin North, that eventually launched a campus called Canton, which eventually moved to this space and now is a church here. And here's, here's, the, here's the catch. Ultimately, God has a plan. And when that group of people met in a tent then, and when a city was established here in 1834, None of those people were thinking that eventually this group of people would be meeting in this church, in this city, because a group of people started a church and planted a campus and planted a campus, and a city started, and those two would come together to be what we have today. Ultimately, God has a plan, and you and I get to be a part of that plan.
Each of these stories are good by themselves, but when you add them together, they are a part of an incredible larger story that God is writing. Our community has a story. Our church has a story. And you and I have a story. Dr. Margaret Walker always had a saying that he'd say. He'd say, you either have a Jesus story or you're a Jesus story in the making. There's so much truth to that statement that you and I, every one of us, if we call ourselves a Christ follower, if we call ourselves a Christian, like we have a Jesus story. We've got some story that God did something in our lives that we can share with others. So the question for you and I today is, is how do we engage our stories and how do we engage ourselves into the story that God is writing? If we turn to Acts chapter 1, we're going to read some verses here. So if you've got your Bible or smartphone and you want to follow along, they will be on the screens. So if you don't want to open it up, I understand. I always read off the screens as well. Um, but Acts chapter 1, Acts, we talked about Acts last week as well. And it's this pivotal part of the New Testament. You've got the four Gospels that are Jesus on earth, and they're these first-hand accounts of Jesus and his ministry here. And then you have Acts that really sets up the foundation of the early church before you get into the rest of the New Testament, which are letters to these new-found churches that are followers of Jesus. And so the very beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, is what we're going to read together today. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or date that the Father has set for his own authority. Then verse 8, this is where I want us to land today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, if you, fall, if you are a, a Christian in the room, and I understand that not, maybe not everybody in the room claims to be a Christian, and that's, that's, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here today. But if you're a Christian in the room, what's referred to here in this, in this verse is, is the Great Commission. It's God, it's Jesus calling people to go and to preach the gospel and, and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and do so in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and for a Christian in the room, you know, this call, this challenge isn't just for the disciples in that moment. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for myself or for Pastor Jeremy or any other pastor that you may know. It's not even just for missionaries. This call, this challenge, this, this life challenge call that God has given is for each and every person that says, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower. Of Jesus. And so if that's the case, how do you and I in our lives, in the jobs that you lead, in the places that you go in your life, how do you live out such a tall order? If you don't feel the call on your life to go and to be a missionary, to go and be a pastor, then what does this look like for you? I'm glad you asked. 
We're going to talk about that today. And so in this, he's talking to this group of people, and he says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And for this group of guys, that made sense to them. They, could, they, could, they knew the context of what that meant. And so for us, that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't give us a ton of great context for where we live in our lives. Like for most of us, if we looked at a map, we could probably point on the map of where Jerusalem is, or at least the main region. But I don't know about for you, but for me, I don't know that at any point in, all my, in every point in my life, if I could have told you exactly where Samaria was. Or exactly where Judea was. I don't know that Delta has a direct flight from Atlanta to Samaria. And so I don't know that I could find my way to Samaria. And so for me, when I've read this, it's never given me a full picture of what, what does that mean for me? Like, am I really supposed to go to a Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth? Like, I thought the earth was round. Does it have ends? Like, I was always kind of confused by what this Meant. And so for us, we've got to take what Jesus is saying here to this group of guys and put it into the context that makes sense for us. And so today, that's what we're going to do. And so Jerusalem, when he's talking to them, that was the city that they lived in. Like that was home. When he was telling them, go and be my disciple, go and be my witness, go and be an ambassador for me to your city. That's what he's telling them here. Go and be my witness to your neighbors. Go and be my witness to the person that you go to the market with. Go and be my witness to the person that you work with, to the person that you get an education with. And so for us, our Jerusalem is Canton. That's what God's called us to. God's called us to be a witness in our Jerusalem. God's called us to be a witness in our Canton. For you, maybe it's Woodstock. For you, maybe it's Ball Ground. For you, maybe it really is Jerusalem, because there's a Jerusalem in Pickens County. I promise. Look it up. It's a real, it's, I don't know that it's a real city, but it's a city. It's a little community. I think they have like a stop sign. I know it's there because someone in our church lives there, and they tell me all the time that they live in Jerusalem. But God's called us to be a witness in our Jerusalem, in our city, in Canton. So you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. Well, what's, what's Judea? You know, for them, for that goes, guys, when Jesus was telling them, they, they, they knew what this meant. They knew that that was kind of that next zone, that next area. And so for us, that's our state. Our Judea is our state. And so God has called us to have a heart for our state. The people that live here, what are the needs that need met in our state? Who can we pray for more than we pray for in our state? What can we do to make a difference? What can we do to affect life change in the state of Georgia? Samaria, again, those guys, that was that next ring out. They knew what it meant when Jesus was saying, go and be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. That's our nation. God's called us to have a heart for our country, to affect change in our country, to see, to see people come to know Jesus in our country, to help those that are needing help, to, to help the hurting, to feed the hungry in our country. And then to the ends of the world. That one's, that one's more self-explanatory. That's, that's global missions. That's going to the, to the least of these. And to, and to going to places and serving people in, in other countries and around the world. And in unbelievable places that God is doing unbelievable things outside of the United States. And so you're sitting here today. And if you're anything like I would be if I was sitting out there, I'd be really overwhelmed. 
And you're saying, man, like, yeah, I am a Christian. Like, I am called. Like, I agree that the Great Commission is for me. I agree that I am supposed to, like, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But that seems really overwhelming. Like, I've got a Monday through Friday 9 to 5 job. How am I supposed to affect change? How am I supposed to be a part of all of this and all of these places at the same time as still getting my kids to soccer practice and still going to the grocery store and doing laundry? Like, that seems overwhelming to me. And that's where we want to come in. That's where Canton Church wants to partner with you to allow you to be a part of some unbelievable things that God is doing around the world all the way to locally. So in our global missions, in our efforts to go to the ends of the earth, and again, this is the part that you're going to, if you were here last week, this is going to seem a little repetitive, but that's okay. Not everybody in the room was. And so we've got several global missions. And our strategy for global missions is we want to have a missions partner on every continent. I don't know what Antarctica looks like, but we want to have a missions partner on every continent that we can find a, a missions partner to partner with. And so right now we've got several partners already. We've got a partner named Johnny Moore in Southeast Asia. Johnny does an unbelievable ministry there of taking churches and planting pastors in these remote villages throughout Southeast Asia. Does a phenomenal job down there. And so we've partnered with Johnny to resource him and to help him to do the missions that God has called him to do there. We've partnered with a ministry called Paris Bridge, and Paris Bridge goes into Africa and trains pastors and leaders and, and school teachers and, and church leaders to affect change in the largest population in the world of people under the age of 18, which is on the continent of Africa. And so what they're trying to do is, is they're trying to affect change and to reach that generation of people to hopefully change the trajectory of the entire continent of Africa. They're doing unbelievable work there. And so we've partnered with Paris Bridge to say, we want to equip you and we want to help you make a difference there. We've partnered with an organization called Casa Shalom. Casa Shalom is an orphanage in Guatemala. In Guatemala, they have, they've got more kids living on the streets than there ever should be. There should be no kids living on the streets, but it's, it's rampant there. They don't have the funds, they don't have the means to take care of their children, and so a lot of times parents will be forced to kind of just send them to the slums because they can't afford to feed them. And so Casa Shalom takes in as many kids as they can take in, and they have about 100 kids right now, and they give these kids an education and food and shelter and a, and a place that's a safe place to live, and they've got house parents that live with them and take care of them, and, and it's unbelievable. We went last year, we're going again in July, and it's unbelievable to walk into a house, and there's... You know, they have different houses and different ages and different genders live in each house. And each house has a house mom. And then once the boys get to age eight, they also have a house dad from that age up through 18 while they can live there. And it's unbelievable to walk into these homes and to see it looks like home. And the, and the kids are sitting in the house mom's lap and she's helping them with their homework. And the house dad's sitting on the floor playing cards with them. It's such an unbelievable ministry that we partner with and we say, you know what? We want to help you affect change in your country. We want to change the trajectory of these kids' life. We want to set them up to be successful and to have a relationship with Jesus. So we've partnered with them. That's right now. We want to do more as God opens more doors. But that right now is how we're saying, God, we want to do what you've called us to do and take your name to the ends of the earth. Our country, our Samaria, We've partnered with an organization called ARC. ARC stands for Association of Related Churches. And their mission is to plant 10,000 churches in the United States that are life-giving, healthy ch churches that are, that are teaching the, the gospel to people. 
They have a 0% failure rate so far. They've never had a church that's closed. And because they, they, they put pastors through a rigorous training process and they make sure that the pastors have a heart for the city that they're going to and that they're equipped and they're prepared and they're ready to go and do what God's called them to do in their Jerusalem. And so we've partnered with ARC and we, we help them financially and we help them in any way possible because we want to affect change in our Samaria. We want to make the United States, we want to give more life-giving churches like ours across this nation so that more Jerusalems, more people that call that city home have a life-giving church that they can go to that's affecting change in their city. And so we've partnered with ARC. We want to help them to accomplish their goals that God's placed on their heart by planting these unbelievable churches. Our Judea, our state, we're part of the North Georgia Church of God. We're part of the Church of God denomination. And, and the Church of God denomination has different state headquarters. And so a part of that is each state, and not every state has as good of one. We're really blessed in North Georgia that we have a campground. And so every summer, our students and our kids go to summer camp, a part of the North Georgia Church of God that they put on a camp. And they partner with literally thousands of kids all month of June long. There'll be a high school week, a middle school week, an upper grade school, and a lower grade school week. And thousands of kids will come to summer camp. And every summer, several hundred kids enter into a relationship with Jesus. And it's awesome. Life change takes place. Kids are called, students are called, high schoolers are called to go into full-time ministry and go and be missionaries and be pastors and to affect change in their Jerusalems. And those kids go back home and they're fired up for Jesus and they go back to school that fall and change the trajectory of their schools. And so we've partnered with um, the Legacy Retreat Center, that's what the campground's called, and said, we want to help you make this place as good as possible so that more students can come, more life change can take place, more students can enter into that relationship with Jesus. And so we've partnered with Legacy Retreat Center in helping them to do the camps better and to run things better and to build some new things that they needed to affect more life change. That's what we're doing in our Judea right now. Because we want to, that generation of kids and students, we want to help to create opportunities for them to get to know a loving Father. And then in our Jerusalem, our city, God's really birthed a love for our city in our church lately. And so we're doing this series called For the Love of Can, and you're going to hear some of Pastor Jeremy's heart next week for our city too. But we're doing something starting this coming Saturday, six days from now. April 13th, you heard about it in the announcements, called Love Week. And Love Week is going to be a week long, just letting our city know, hey, Canton Church is here and we love you. We, we want you to know if you ever need anything, you can call us. We want to help. We want to be here. We want to be a part of, of, of the, the change that needs to play, take place. We want to equip you and we want to lift people up. And so we're going to feed police officers we're going to feed firemen. We're going to go and write letters to school teachers and just say, hey, we love you. We're thankful for the sacrifice you make. And we're going to give every teacher in our, the schools in our district, we're going to give every teacher a letter and just, hey, thanks so much for everything you do. We really appreciate you. You don't go unnoticed. We're going to go and we're going to give biscuits and coffee to bus drivers because they get up way earlier than I ever want to wake up. And they get the kids on the bus, and then they get them to school safely. And then somehow they figure out what kid's supposed to get off the bus at what stop. And, and kids get home safely at the end of the day. And we're just going to go and we're going to say, hey, you're loved. There's a church that cares about you. We're going to go to Angel House, which is a girl's home in our community. And we're going to go and we're going to say, hey, 
you may have experienced a moment of your life where you felt unloved, that no one wanted you. But we're going to partner with Angel House, which is a house that, that takes these girls in and that loves them. And we're going to say, hey, we want to just support Angel House. We want, to, we want to help you do what God's called you to do. So we're going to go over there and we're going to do yard work. And we're going to clean it up and we're going to fix up a, a gazebo to make it nicer for those girls to have a safe place to be at and a fun place and a great environment for them to just continue to grow and get the healing and the love that they so desire and they so deserve. Because we have a love for our city, for the love of Canton. God has been writing an unbelievable story. And it was a story of a city that was birthed in 1834. And then it was a story of a church that started in Atlanta, about 30 miles, 35 miles south of here. And God said, one was starting in 1834 and one was starting in 1919. And he said, someday, you just watch these stories. Someday these stories are crossing. And there's going to be a church that's going to be able to have the opportunity to be right in the middle of it for the love of their city. Because I want you to go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But Canton Church, that starts right here at home. It starts right here with us in our city. And so if you have a heart for our city, I encourage you this Saturday, be right here at 830. Not right here, like in the parking lot, though. Be in the parking lot here at Canton Church, like 830. We're going to go to Casa Shalom, or not Casa Shalom. We're not going there. We're going there in July. You need to go on that, though. We're going to go over to Angel House, and we're going to do some work. I encourage you, go on the website, sign up for those things. Be a part of making a difference in our community. There's a verse in Matthew chapter 20. Verse 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came and lived on this earth. He lived a perfect and blameless life to show us and to set the model of what having a servant's heart really, truly looks like. Now it's up to us to go and to live that out. And I thought it very appropriate today for us to end our service by taking up of communion. Communion is something that Jesus did with his disciples just mere hours prior to his arrest. And so I'm going to invite our auditorium host to prepare to take up, or not take up the offering yet, but to prepare, prepare to distribute the communion elements. There's a verse found in Luke chapter 22, verse 19 through 20, it's 21, it says, And he took bread, he gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But in the hands of him who is going to betray me is, in my, is with me at the table. In a moment, they're going to distribute these elements. I'm going to pray, and then they'll distribute, and our worship team is going to lead us in a song. I invite you, during this song, to take communion at your own pace. I'm not going to come back, and we're not going to all take it at the same time. If you choose to take it right at the beginning of the song and then stand in worship, that's great. If you choose to sit and reflect for a few moments and then take it, that's fine. Whatever you choose in this moment. But here's, here's what I want us to think about and reflect on during this song. Jesus came to this earth to pay the ultimate price for us, and the ultimate price was death. And talk about that at Easter, the, the, the redemption 
and the love that was poured out through that sacrifice. But as you hold these elements in just a moment, I want you to think about who's the person that maybe they're in our city, maybe they're in our state, maybe they're in our nation, maybe they're somewhere else in the world entirely. But who's the person that you know, that you have a relationship with, that Jesus died for them and they don't yet know it? Who's the person that's in your life that Jesus paid that price for their sins and wants a relationship with them and they don't yet know it? I just want you to say a short prayer for that person. Then I want you to take those communion elements and worship God and thank Him for what He does for us. God, we love you. God, we thank you. I thank you for the love that you have for us. God, I thank you for the love that you have for our city. God, I thank you for the love that you have for our state, for our nation. God, thank you for the love you have for this world. God, I pray right now that you would increase the heart of servanthood for every person in the room, God. God, allow us to be a people that live out the call that you've placed on our lives as Christians to go and to take your name and to witness to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God, let us affect change. Let us be the change. Let us go where you call us. Let us do what you call us to do. God, for the person that's in the room that might not have a relationship with you, God, let them take that first step and say, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me on my sins and come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. God, it's that easy. And Scripture tells us that all of heaven will celebrate when that one person makes that decision. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.